Hi, welcome to the very first ever My Crazy Cast. My name is Carrie Gibson, and I am your host. You know me from blogging these last several years over at MyCrazyAdoption.com. To be honest, this is something that's been in the works for some time. I've loved writing these past few years, but if you know me, you would know that I'm a talker. My family always says I have the gift of gab, and I can't wait to gab it up with some of my most favorite people. Some are old friends, some are new friends. Every week, I want to introduce you to guests that are out of the box. I want them to share their stories to inspire, encourage, and challenge everyone listening to love big, serve big, and play big. I want you to feel like you're sitting with me at a coffee house talking about real life. So with all that being said, you are most welcome here. And for our series premiere, today our first guest is someone who radically changed my life. I thought long and hard about who I wanted to be as my first guest. And along with her husband, John Lendl, they're my lead pastors at James River Church here in Springfield, Missouri. And she is passionate about inspiring women to live out their faith boldly. She has had a huge impact in my life and thousands of other women. You're going to absolutely fall in love with her, just as I did 17 years ago when we started attending when my 21-year-old son was in kindergarten. But I'll get to that story in a second when you hear about her journey this past year and a half and what she has faced in the hard season that she has conquered and what her girlfriends did to help get through those times. It's going to blow you away and be an encouragement to you no matter what you're facing. God is with you. After talking with Debbie, she felt really led to pray over each and every one of you. So if you're listening and need someone to pray over you that understands what you're going through, no matter what your hardship is, because pain is pain. Our stories are different, but Debbie is going to pray a special blessing over you and I don't want you to miss it. So please listen through the whole podcast and in the end, receive this very special blessing from my guest. So here we go. Grab a cup of your favorite blend of coffee, subscribe on iTunes, and let's do this crazy life together. Well, hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for being guest number one on my new show. How are you doing? I am so excited about that, Carrie. I am doing great, and it is an honor and a privilege to to just be talking with you today and um, just sharing with all the girls that are listening of all that God's doing in both your life and mine as well. Oh, I'm so... Exciting times. Oh, absolutely. And before we start, I have to ask you, because I've got my iced coffee, what is your favorite coffee drink? Oh, I like a, just a regular latte. I actually kind of broke myself of the sugar additives. About six years ago, I decided, okay, I can go without the sugar. <laughs> and it was a tough one. I missed it. It's but now so, I'm used to it. So it's so tough. Coffee <laughs> oh, well, I'm sipping on my iced coffee. There is a little sugar in it. 
But um, before we get started and jump in, um, because I can't wait for everybody to get to know the person I love, um, I wanted to share a story of how we connected on a personal level, um, kind of where we first became friends. Um, okay. And so I, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you because um, it's such it's such a um, it's one of those kind of um, experiences that you know that God um, knew exactly what he was going to do when he brought um, us together and you into my life. Well, it was about eight years ago. And do you remember when my dad, Gary Smalley, had spoke at our church mm-hmm. and it was for like over a Father's Day weekend. Uh-huh. Okay. And then there was this really special lunch that I got invited to and it was you and Pastor John and my dad and I got to come and I have to tell you, I was completely awestruck because I had only ever seen you from afar. And so here I am sitting at this table eating lunch with you and trying not to, you know, say anything that would, that would embarrass me. But um, so we were just enjoying this delicious lunch and we were kind of small talking and and chit-chatting and all of a sudden you looked right into my eyes do you remember what you asked me I don't (laughs) well you asked me a question that kind of changed my life so here's what you said to me you looked right in my eyes Uh and I kind of was like oh she's she's looking at me what's gonna happen and you said what are you doing to serve in the church do you remember that? I, I, I can see myself asking You that. did. <laughs> and I paused for a moment, and I really did want to kind of lie and embellish and make up something totally fantastic. But in the end, I told you, and, and we, my son actually was in this lunch, and he remembers me saying, well, um, I signed up to be a door greeter, but um, I haven't gotten a call back yet. And it was so crazy because I realized at that moment, that I was like one of those pirates who don't do anything. And I told you the truth. And I said, I'm not doing anything to serve our church family in our church. And you then said, you laughed and said, hey, and you said, hey, and I just fed you. And you said that with a big smile. So little did I know, a few months later, my life would change forever because of what you asked me that little question. Wow, Carrie, that's awesome. And I can't wait to share more about that. But um, right now, I just kind of wanted to dive in and just ask you, would you mind taking time um, with uh, listeners and just share maybe like a five minute personal story, anything you want to share, because um, I love you so much and all the things that we've been a part of. Um, But I want, I want listeners to get to know you too. Oh, thank you, Carrie. Well, um, I think my life is just one big adventure after another. Um, I go from story to story and I love that about following after God with your whole heart because it's never boring, ever. Exactly. And uh, I just have so many things, um, when you even say that, that come to mind. But I guess the most recent big story in my life would be my journey with breast cancer. Mm. I was diagnosed, um, and this is about a year and a half ago. Mm. And I, I actually found um, the lump on my own. I had very tiny little breasts, but they told me hmm. that they were filled with with cysts that were, you know, they weren't anything 
that was concerning, but they, um, in physicals, they would say, you just need to keep your eye on those. And I was never like super diligent about doing self-check, but Hmm. because of their concern and my mother's experience with breast cancer 17 years before me, um, I started being more faithful with it. And then I did um, feel something and felt like I needed to have it checked out. And um, it was cancerous. Hmm. And so in February of 2014, I had uh, surgery for Mm. double mastectomy, and I chose that route. Um, I could have done a lumpectomy with chemotherapy and possible radiation, but I felt directed of the Lord. I was, and we prayed about it and totally believe that God can heal, and I've actually been healed Mm. several things in my life physically, and so I know God heals, but He also at times chooses us to walk paths that are unique um, yes. and different uh, because for his purposes and good pleasure. And we don't always understand that. Yes. But I trusted him and believed that he was going to use my experiences to um, bless others, which he, I, that's what my desire was. And he did. Um, and I'm thankful Amen. for that. Um, but um, the journey was difficult. It was not something that I would have chosen, like, mm. oh, goody, I get to have a double mastectomy <laughs> today. But I just, I chose to go in it by faith and mm. just a confidence because of my walk with God and having experienced so many times His grace in my life yes. and just um, knowing that He never leaves me ever, mm. never leaves me alone. Mm. And so I knew he was right there with me. And even through the months following um, the surgery, when there was multiple challenges, he showed himself faithful over Mm. and over again. There was one particular day I was bedridden for about three months, Mm. um, just physically very, very sick um, Mm. and weak and did not recover well like Mm. they had anticipated I would. And, And one of the days that I was, laying in bed and a girl had actually given me a a book called revealing jesus by a beautiful friend that many people would know um she wrote shout to the lord years ago and Mm. she's a um pastor's wife now in australia she served under the hillsong church leadership for years for those listening that are Mm. familiar with that ministry but I did not know her personally, mm. but I was reading the book. Um, it was sitting on my knees in bed, and I was propped up, and I just opened it. And she had taken the hymns from her childhood and had had used them as a base for each chapter. Mm. And I was reading the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and just like praying and thanking God for His goodness in spite of the trial I was in. Mm. And um, my friend during that time was my iPhone. For those of you that have been sick out there for, mm. you know, days in a row and you're you're at times alone in your home, mm. um, our phones have become like a support to us and yes. which is a that's a gift, you know, to have and if you use it rightly. And so I had it by my side and I'd use it to listen to worship or listen to the Bible being read to my me or friends would text or email. And I was sitting there looking at the book and I thought I I'll pick up my phone and see if I have any messages. And the first message I pulled up was from Darlene Sheck. I didn't know her. I had met her once 12 years ago, 
And here I had opened her book, and she had emailed me from across the ocean mm. that she had heard I had cancer and was checking on me. And it, it was another reminder to me of God, I mean, how He can put pieces together to encourage us. But we have to be looking to Him. We can't see what He wants to reveal in our dark times unless our eyes are open to what He wants to say and show us. And so I was... I was blown away by just how he pieced those that moment together just to encourage my heart. And that was just one of many times where he did that. But um, today I'm doing great and and uh, looking back even to even before having this phone call with you, having this time together. Um, I was writing a chapter of the book I'm working on called "God Is in the Darkness." Mm. And how often we look at darkness as a bad thing, as trials as a bad thing, but darkness was there way before light. In fact, darkness came before light. And yes, there's sin and darkness of sin. That's a whole different topic. But the darkness of trial and the opposite of what darkness needs compared to light, we can view it as a bad thing. But God could have eliminated darkness at creation. Mm. He could have said, let there be light and no more darkness. Mm. But he knew there was going to be things that he would reveal to us in the darkness that we would not see in the light. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things that he has shown Mm. to me through the last couple of years is just how he is in every moment of every day and every night of our life. Mm. And as, if we're looking to him, we will. He will reveal, just like the stars at night are revealed because of the darkness we're walking through. They're they're so incredible when you just sit out there and look up, and then in a clear, brilliant, black mm. night up into the sky and see all the stars displayed. Mm. I feel like it's the same way from any dark time that any daughter of his is walking through. As, as you look to him, he will reveal this and his grace and his mercy to our lives in a way that we would never see mm. without that experience. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm. You're one of the most beautiful people I know. And that was so just comforting. And uh-huh. for the listeners who are going through a hard season of life. Um, your words are going to minister to them and inspire I pray them. So. Oh, I pray so. Well, and I <laughs> and I know you brought up to just um, one of the things I wanted to ask you. Um, how do girlfriends help us through a hard season of life? Because you mentioned that a little bit, but how, as a girlfriend, how can we help each other through a hard season? Boy, that's so good. Um, yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think one of the things that walking through a child does, which I so thank God for this, um, as a minister and a lover of people and just a a person that desires to um, come alongside girls, no matter what they're going through or walking through, um, walking through cancer really did change my perspective. Mm. And, uh, you know, I am ashamed to say that, even though I had walked through the experience with my mom, I did not have maybe the compassion or empathy mm. that I should have mm. for women that were, I didn't understand it. I just didn't. Mm. I I didn't realize the 
the toll it takes on the family, the toll it takes, whether it's cancer, any trial that someone is walking through, um, you know, it's not just them that are experiencing the challenges of it, it's the people that are surrounding them. And, And so one of the gifts of walking through it was as a as a person that wants to minister to people and be there for people and understand what they're walking through, I really grew in that and mm. to be there for anyone um, that is going through a difficult situation grew immensely and, and understanding what they're facing. And so, you know, as, as we're walking through any type of trial, one of the reasons God allows it, we see that in Scripture, so that we can understand what others go through when they walk through a similar trial. And that's, that's amazing. And Jesus understood every trial. We don't. Um, but the things that we have walked through, we can, you know, with a greater understanding, minister to those around us. Now, that doesn't negate the fact that we, it doesn't say, mean that we can't minister to somebody that is going through something we've never walked through, because that would be a shame. But we just I think the biggest thing for me is just when people were there. Mm. You know, a text, a text, which there again, the social media and the whole texting phenomenon and what we can do through our iPhones or our phones, you know, we can, that we can use them for good. And I can encourage a girl in 10 seconds Mm. if I want to. I love that. But, but we have to use the tools that God's Mm -hmm. given us, you know? And, and so if God lays a a girl on my heart, which can happen any time of day or night, I don't take that lightly. Mm. I am like, okay, God, this girl came to my mind for a reason. Now, what do you want me to do with it? Mm. And the Holy spirit can lead any of us to do exactly what he wants to do. Sometimes it's just to pray, and we, we, we can think that our prayers, like it's almost like a cop-out if that's all I do, but sometimes that's the greatest gift you can give to a girl, mm. come to your mind. But beyond that, let them know you prayed for them. You know, send them a text or a, a, a handwritten note or a shout-out. That could be the thing that keeps them going. Um it doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary gift or a meal or, you know, we can, we can, we can feel almost like guilty that we're not doing more than, exactly. what, than we're able. But if, if we don't do what we're able to do, maybe nothing will be done mm. that particular day when that girl is holding on by a thread. Mm. So it's just being responsible for what the Holy Spirit lays on your heart to do. And, and then I think as well, being, I think sometimes we feel like we have to say more than we need to. Exactly. I, I let, I try for the most part to let the word of God do my talking because mm. I know the word of God <laughs> is better at it than I am. <laughs> so I'll pray, you know, to the Lord to just give God, give me something in your word for this person today, mm. because I believe it's much more powerful than anything I could do or say. And often I have found when I do that, that the word he gives me is a huge encouragement to myself. Mm. And, and so it's a benefit to both the person I'm encouraging and to my spirit as well. Absolutely. And, you know, 
I was diagnosed with um, a colon disease, ulcerative colitis, um, about six years ago and had gone forward for prayer and God healed my body. And in March, I had this flare up with this disease and it is just miserable, you know, kind of a thing to have to go through. And, and it's just interesting I, I when you said that God has been healing your body and so many other different things, you know, through this past year and a half. And that's the one thing that when you go through something, you know, physically that we have no control over. And it's like you said, just letting the people that are around us just um, love us wherever they are. Because yeah. I think if we put pressure and expectations, then we can get our feelings hurt when maybe a friend is not doing exactly, you know, what we thought they might do. And so I love that you said, you know, just do something. And, you know, text messaging, yeah. you know, it, it it is a big deal when we can just pop a pop a text 24-7 to a friend and and... And I think that's one of the things, too, because of what you have been through and your compassion and love for your girlfriends and for sisterhood. You know, I can't it's probably just exploded into this level you never dreamed. Do you have any advice (laughs) to women facing a struggle in their life that seems impossible? I think, um, you know, there's three things that come to mind is to we. I just stayed in the Word. I mean, mm. I would lay, I, there were nights I couldn't sleep. There, I struggled with um, depression, which I was very surprised at because I I am a very optimistic person. Yes. I so believe God can help me through anything. But um, I really battled from being in bed day after day and not being able to do life mm. as I love to do it. And um, just battled the thoughts that the enemy wants to bring into all of our spirit, Mm. you know, and, and so the word of God, I just poured it into my heart and my life. And with, I couldn't read. I was so weak. I Mm. had trouble even, even, um, assimilating words on paper in my mind. Mm. And I just turned, you know, the, the reading, you can get up, there's an app called the YouVersion Bible, which is fabulous. I'm sure mm. there's others as well, but that's the one I happen to use. Yes. And it, it will just read the scripture to you. And so I just would turn it on and for hours listen to it and then worship as well. And then being willing to let people know if you need prayer mm. or if you need encouragement. I mean, sometimes people don't realize where you're at mm. and you can assume they do, but they just, I mean, and kind of like I was sharing earlier, I didn't realize all the struggles somebody goes through emotionally and with their family and even watching John, um, my husband, um, just walk through it with me and the burden he carried mm. of just carrying my pain. And so we can assume others understand that. Mm. But they don't. So, you know, being willing to say, hey, could you pray for me or can I talk to you or, you know, that's not wrong, nor does it mean the person you're asking to um, or letting them know that you need them, that they were wrong for not knowing. Exactly. The enemy so likes to work in Mm. our lives and to to cause us to question one another Mm. and, and to feel alone and like nobody cares and it's Honestly, it's not true. Mm. 
people do care. Mm. They just don't always know how to respond or that you need them to. And so reaching out to the girls around you and and just expressing your need is is really important. Mm. And then making sure you're you're not communicating with those that are not giving you life. Yes. You know, not speaking hope into your heart. And it may mean that there's some that you can't talk to like you used to because they're they're not helping you walk through that journey that you're in by faith. Mm. And I needed people around me that would help me realize that God was going to continue to help, you know, to go before me. It's time for Carrie to refill her coffee. Maybe you should too. We'll be back right after this. Do you have a question or comment you want Carrie to hear? Or do you want to be part of the show? Go to mycrazyadoption.com now and leave her a voice message. Calling all my mission-hearted friends. Join me as your fearless leader on a storyteller mission trip to India, November 2nd through the 12th of this year, 2015. We'll be visiting the slums in Delhi, loving big on orphans, as well as ministering to students in their local schools. Plus, you'll even get to visit the Taj Mahal in the Pink City. This much I know, mission trips will radically change your life as we love big, serve big, and play big. So apply now at awaa.org slash storyteller missions. Or you can always go to mycrazyadoption.com to find the link. I can't wait to be with you in India. Carrie is all over the social media buzz. Find her on Facebook and Twitter today. You're listening to Carrie Gibson's My Crazy Cast. Well, and I think what's um, to to share this too, when we were going through our adoption, I don't know if you remember this, but that luncheon that I kind of started sharing um, in the beginning of our conversation, that luncheon was so special to me because two weeks after that, we got to fly to Ethiopia and pick up I our daughter Zoe. That. Yes. <laughs> and you, when wow. we started talking about Zoe and just our adoption process and, um, and just this impossible thing that God had brought us through waiting, you know, two years for her her. And when we started talking, um, you actually left the room and went to the bathroom or in John's office and just started crying and you came back in and, and that was just the first time where I realized, you know, just this huge, compassionate, sensitive heart that you had for adoption, but you didn't even really know, you know, what you were going to get into. And from that, yes. And what's so fun is when anytime I go past your office and I see that massive poster size um, photo of our Zoe tonight (laughs) in your office and what an honor that is to me. And, you know, you did invite me on my very first mission trip to Haiti. And that was another big thing that you changed my life, going to Haiti and and all the times I've been able to return and all the mission trips that I've been able to be a wow. part of and, and lead. But from just that luncheon that we had, and a, just a few months later, you contacted me about Cherish Kids. And yeah. I just wanted to, uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up our time together, I would love just to hear where did the inspiration for Cherish kids come from. Love to hear more about that. 
Because that was such an encouragement to me personally. Well, I had wanted to adopt another baby. We have three kids, and we had them within three years. So it was like boom, boom, boom. And (laughs) we had three little ones in diapers, and it was a handful. And I always dreamed of having four children. And so John and I actually tried to adopt about three times, Mm. maybe four, two of them very seriously and we're very close to um, making that happen. And in every situation, God shut the door and Mm. it was very difficult for me to process that Mm. and understand his will in that. But I continued to believe, you know, that God had a plan in spite of those four disappointments. And I, uh, about, uh, oh, it's probably 14 years ago, I took over the children's department at our church for about four years. And one night I was sitting in my office before Sunday night service. And one of our assistant directors came walking in and she said, Debbie, there's a little boy here. It's his first time in childcare. And he's He's five years old, and he's pulling his pants down and revealing his body parts to (laughs) all the little girls in the room. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that cannot happen in our our child care department. (laughs) So I was like, you, Brent, go get him, and you bring him in here. We're going to have a talk. (laughs) Well, um, unbeknownst to me, this little guy uh, had been... um, taken from his home in a, mm. out of, by the child services um, the, that night at midnight and brought into a um, home of a family in the church. Um, and so that was his first time in church ever in his wow. life. And he was in a, what they said later was the most abusive situation that they had ever mm. seen in the county. Mm. And I won't go into the details mm. on that, but you can just think horrible and you're oh. probably thinking correctly about what was done to him. Mm. And so I didn't know any of that when she brought him into the office. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking (laughs) big, mean, five-year-old kid. And he walked in, and he was this tiny, little, teeny little guy with these huge, big brown eyes and dark hair. And, I mean, I just fell in love in the instant I saw him and took him in my arms and held him. And during the whole service, I just read him Bible stories. I had a little children's Bible there and just wept over him in my spirit as I read to him and just prayed that God would use that moment in his life to speak truth into his little heart about how much he was loved. And so I went home that night, and in, as I was driving home separately from my husband, John, we were pastoring at the time there, um, I had planned my speech because I thought, this must be the little guy we're supposed to adopt. And so I had it all in mind of what I was going to tell him. And when he walked in the door, I had my speech ready. I actually stood on the hearth of the fireplace, so I'd have a little little platform there to make it even more, more um, a stronger speech, so he would believe what I was saying was God's will Mm. ultimately. And so (laughs) I shared my little story of what happened that night, and with tears said, "I think this is the fourth baby that's supposed to be into our family." Mm. And we had very busy lives at the time. We were pastoring church of. probably five, 6,000 people. And so he said, you know, Debbie, we're going to sleep on this. And if this is God's will, he'll confirm it at our hearts and in the morning mm. we'll know it. So in the morning, I I had revised my speech all night. I didn't sleep. I thought, well, I've got to do some work on it to convince him. <laughs> <laughs> and in the morning, I shared, <laughs> shared more detail of why I thought it was to be. And he said, you know, Debbie, he said, maybe this is God's will, but could it be? in mind and that there's more children for you to rescue Mm. like little Tristan was his name and that Tristan is just opening the door of your heart Mm. to something bigger Mm. 
Well, that began a journey in my life of just praying that God would help me rescue kids mm. that are domestic children in horrible and horrendous situations mm. here in our community and beyond. And so started praying about launching a program, which ended up being Cherished Kids, mm. to partner um, with the the state and what they have, uh, the resources they have, which, as many of you know that are listening, the resources of the state and our government are very limited mm. as to what they can do for the children that find themselves in need of temporary homes and or families uh, to call their own. And so um, we began to work um, side mm. by side with the state of Missouri in this instance, and God has just opened the doors for miraculous things mm. to happen. The program is in its fifth year, and mm. we have seen... Oh, hundreds of people uh, rise up in the church and churches in our community and beyond to say, hey, we want to help. We want. The biggest problem, in my opinion, is just information. I don't think people realize, Christians in particular, realize how big the need is. Thankfully, there's voices around the country that are rising up to make sure that need becomes more visible yes. and uh, is articulated better. But um, there are, just in this community alone, last week there were 17 emergency Mm. calls to Cherish Kids, to our director, by the county that we're connected with here, um, asking for Cherish Kids to help place Mm. 17 emergency placements. And Mm. thankfully, um, people are just responding, Mm. you know, to those needs and just wonderfully um, to rescue these kids. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. So I, I'm, I think there's a lot of different th- aspects of that story that hopefully will speak to girls, you know, one of which when God shuts a door, mm. often there's a bigger one that mm. he wants to open in their lives. Yes. They'll just trust him. Listening to their husbands, <laughs> you know, often we think we know better than them, and God has positioned them in our lives for a reason, mm. and um, we need to be willing to submit to their authority, as, yes. especially as godly leaders. Mm. But even if not, God wants to use them in in the life of a wife to help mm. direct her steps. Um and then as well, just to believe for big things. I mean, that was a, it was a big dream to think that. You know, the government offices would want to work with us, and they God has so favored the dream with mm. His grace and blessing. Um, and so we're, we're just seeing miracles happen weekly in that ministry. Well, and if listeners want to learn more about Cherish Kids and how they can get involved, it's CherishKids.org. And just check out the yes, it is. yes, check out the website. And I know that it's been incredible meeting people that you're just talking to parents and you, um, you know, I just in fact over the Fourth of July weekend talking to a family that received their their foster care. Um, you know, all their you know their paper they they went through the process um, at our church at James River Church, and um, pretty exciting that you know what's happening with Cherish Kids and and I was so proud to get to be a part yeah. of that. And I just want to I just want to let you know that um, you know when we look back at our life at 
the different people that God brings into our path and on our journey. Um, I just want to thank you so much for being um, this light in my life. And little did I know that little luncheon where you asked me, what are you doing to serve in the church? Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, kind of walking away, just feeling wiped out. I actually left that lunch saying to my family, you know what? It's time. I need to serve in my church for my church family. And, and wow. being obedient and just um, taking those steps forward, even though I felt a little afraid to do it, I did it afraid. And wow. thank you so much for, because anytime I see you in our big, big church, you always say hi to me and hug me. And um, But more <laughs> than that, thank you for challenging me to, um, to love big and serve big um, and play big for the people in my life and all over the world. Just thank wow, you for... Carrie, that's cool. <laughs> well, I love you and thanks for um, just thanks for changing my life in such a big way. Wow. Well, I am thankful that God is able to use me in that. And I do believe God has big things planned for any girl, oh. any and every girl that will look to him. He has big things for them if they'll just trust him and believe for those things to happen. Absolutely. And I can't wait later on in the show. Um, I'm going to get to um, share Design for Life conference and just can't wait to um I, I already have my ticket, so um, bought Yay. three, so I will be there, awesome. and I'm yeah, really, awesome. really excited about that. Days for that event. And you know what, too? I want to thank you. Um, you gave me two custom pink Design for Life Bibles, and I'm going to be doing a giveaway. Yay. And so um, I'm just excited to really invite any listener from wherever, if you can get to Springfield, Missouri, um, and just be a part of this uh, incredible conference for women. And um, like I said, I'll be there in the, well, I don't know if I can get to the front row. You kind of have to run fast <laughs> to sit in the front row, but I'll be there. Yeah, They like the front row, don't they? Yeah, they can go to designforlife.org to register um, and get information about that. It's filling up fast, Carrie. We're so excited. We already have about 6,300 girls registered. Are you kidding me? What is, like, what, when you think of the number, like, how many people can you pack into this place that we're going to have the conference? Tell us just a little bit more about details. They'll let us sell 8,700 seats. Wow. So um, once we get there, we we have no option but to cut it off. Sure. So we're really encouraging girls. I mean, we're we're still, um, you know, close and... And we're already, I think we were the last time we checked about 40% over last year's <laughs> registration. So if we stayed at that level, we would sell out, you know, before opening day. So um, I'm just encouraging girls. We don't want anybody to miss it that God wants oh. to be there. So if they're feeling, boy, I, I think I'm supposed to be at this event, please contact us as soon as possible um, to get your registration. If you have any questions, you can feel free to go online, and I think there's a way that you can um, get your questions answered through the the website. Um, We want to be there for you and help you with whatever you need. Well, if you could share one thing of why it would be so important for them to check out um, DFL, Design for Life, what would be that one thing that you think they would walk away from going to this conference? Well, I think more than anything in this day and age, you know, we're living in tough times. It's really, it's, we need one another. And I feel like God is so raising up 
an army of women that are linked arm in arm, united with one purpose and one heart Mm. to serve him and love one another. But we have to be around each other to understand that and to understand how our our individual lives are meant to connect with Mm. one another. We're stronger together. Mm. And I I just see this mighty army linked arm in arm, hand Mm. in hand, around the nation, around the world. And we're having groups of women travel from Africa, Mm. Canada, Mexico. um, And it's just so exciting to see they're coming to Springfield. Mm. But I, I mean, God's plan and His purpose, who knows the mind of the Lord? But he is saying, at this time in history, I want to gather the daughters, my daughters, Mm. in Springfield, Missouri, Mm. so that they can understand they're not alone, and that I am with them, that I'm going before them, and I'm going to use them for great things. Thank you so much. I love you, Pastor Debbie. (laughs) I love you, too. Thanks for spending this time just um, sitting, chatting, having our coffees together. And I can't wait to give you a hug the next time I see you at church. Oh, thank you, Carrie. Could I, do you have time for me to pray for the girls that are listening? I would love that. Thank you so much. You know, I just feel strongly to go back to that whole darkness. I don't know who's mm. listening today that they just feel like they're walking through a dark time. And there's a song, there's a psalm that many people will recognize. It's Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for God is close beside me. And in then Psalm 139, it says, He even sees me in the darkness, Mm. for darkness and light are the same to him. Mm. God has not abandoned you. He is with you, sweetheart, whatever you're walking here. And he wants to reveal himself to you in a mighty way, Mm. even in that time, this time in your life where it seems so dark. And I just feel strongly that I'm supposed to pray for you. Mm. So if you would just receive these words, I don't know who you are. But God does. Heavenly Father, I just pray for the precious girl who's listening to these words right now. You love her and you know her name, God. And you know right where she's at in this dark moment of her life. And I just pray, God, that even though it seems like the darkness may be deepening around her, that she'll understand that you are there in the middle of it. And there's hope for her. There's there's grace and there's your love that is surrounding her, if she'll just look to you, help her to understand, God, that you are there. You know her fears and you care about what she's facing. God, I pray that you, she would just feel faith rise in her heart right now to believe in your word for her today, God, that you're not only with her, but you want to speak to her heart, to those treasures that are hidden there in that dark place. Help her to look up, I pray. Help her to see the beauty of your presence in the middle of this nighttime, God. Take her hand, I pray, and lead her, Jesus, wherever you have for her to go. Surround her, I pray, in your precious name. Reveal yourself to her, I pray, in your precious name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Debbie, I can't wait to read your new book coming out. I think you said (laughs) next year, God is in the darkness. Actually, it's called See Believe, and God is in the darkness is a chapter. Well, Writing. Yes. promise me that when the book comes out, that you can be a guest again and share about this amazing oh, book. I would love that. Oh. That would be a whole lot of fun. Debbie, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. And I'm really excited to give away two custom pink Design for Life Bibles. All you have to do to win is follow Debbie and I on Twitter. 
I'm at Carrie Gibb, and she's at Debbie Lindell, spelled L-I-N-D-E-L-L. Leave us a tweet with the hashtag MyCrazyCast, and we'll pick a winner. Well, that's it for me, friends. Can't wait for our next coffee date right here on MyCrazyCast. See ya. Tell your friends to join the family, and let's do this crazy life together. It's Carrie Gibson's My Crazy Cast.